Good evening, and welcome to yet another episode of The Last Knock, your friends in horror since 2013, part of the Strange Society Network, at StrangePodNet on Twitter for all your horror podcasting needs. I am Johnny Numb, and joining me tonight, as always, is... Billy Crash. And to paraphrase Black Dynamite, we're going on a boat ride to Horror Island. Black Dynamite fucking killed. That movie was awesome. How dare you interrupt my kung fu? <laughs> he fights Nixon. <laughs> Dude, I was di- I was rolling. That was awesome. One one of my favorite lines in that movie, and I use the gif a lot, is uh, but Black Dynamite. I sell drugs to the community. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but but anyway, we digress rapidly. Totally. Tonight we are going to be discussing nautical horror. Um, horror ooh, ooh, on ooh, boats. Ooh. Boats as vessels of doom or leading you to doomed places. Um, we'll see what we come up with in terms of movies. But Billy has some firsthand experience with boats, and I'm just going to let him go into it right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was in the Coast Guard Reserves. I served at um, in Sandy Hook. Um, we called, we were the uh, – what the hell were we? Ah, it doesn't matter. Anyway, we had 40 – we didn't have Coast Guard cutters. And here's a great trivia thing for all you people out there. If you ever see a Coast Guard boat, and they're always either white, which means law enforcement – Black, which means a buoy tender, a job you don't want. Mm. And red, which means ice breaking, stuff like that. So anyway, they have these numbers near the bow. And that's the front of the ship for you land lovers. <laughs> and, uh, and on cutters, they're usually like three numbers. But on the smaller boats, they'll be usually five digits. So if you saw a boat, say, 41082... You could automatically, you would automatically know the boat's length because the first two numbers are the length of the boat. So if you're on a Coast Guard boat, that's four one zero eight two. It's forty. It's a forty one footer, and I was usually on a forty one footer, sometimes a forty four footer. The forty fours weren't fun because they were made to roll with the waves. They were roll. They were made to flip, so they could go mm. in heavy weather. So those boats really rocked like a mother, and it was like, get me off this fucking thing, you know. It's like. <laughs> Okay, we're, okay, guys, we're going to, like, do- drop anchor. Fuck dropping anchor, man. we got to keep moving because this thing's going to rock and we're all going to puke, you know? And uh, But the one thing that I learned the most, and I saw it today, oddly enough, we're recording this show uh, when there's those horrendous floods going on in China, um, which are absolutely horrible. And um, I'm sure you've seen some of the videos, some of which are quite disturbing. I, to me, it's equally as disturbing as the tsunami that hit Japan several years ago. And the power of water is just absolutely insane. And in the Coast Guard, like, their special forces were uh, the rescue swimmers. And these guys, I cannot believe the shit that they would jump into. It's like, the waves are 14 foot. Okay, I'm going in. I'm like, fuck, what are you, stupid? Like, you know, it's like, and they would jump in because what's their, you know, the whole Coast Guard is saving lives. You know, that's one mm-hmm. of eight actual missions that the Coast Guard has. Eight! So that's crazy. Wow. No other like military force has that. And of course the Coast Guard's active during peacetime. So anytime you see a rescue swimmer going in water, they always have a helmet on for debris or anything else. But the thing is, like the force of a wave 
like hitting a boat is just absolutely tremendous. And that's why if you're like in ankle deep water, if the current's fast enough, you could be swept right off your feet. So that's why like, you know, it's like, oh, there's floodwaters. Yeah, we'll try and drive through it. Don't be an idiot. Just yeah. get out of your car and just walk the other way, back up, whatever. But <laughs> You know, that's what I learned the most was the force of uh, the force of water. And so when it comes to like nautical horror movies, you know, and you're at sea, I mean, talk about adding to the whole tension of the horror element, true mm-hmm. isolation. You know, you could even say the movie Alien, you know, on the on the Nostromo. They're, yeah. they're at sea. You know, they're a million. We're a million miles from nowhere, man. And like, <laughs> they're, you know, you're totally isolated. You're totally on your own. Can you imagine, you know, there's been horror movies on oil rigs and yeah. of course communications are down, you know, or like the communications work and, but there's a storm and the helicopters can't rescue us for 12 hours. We got to hang on, you know, like <laughs> adding to that, all of that intense tension or the boat sinking or like, you're just, you're just so screwed, you know, and it, it's crazy. Yeah. It's almost like you don't even need a monster in, in some respects because uh, you know i was gonna as you were talking bill about the oil rig i was thinking it's not a horror movie but uh, that movie Deepwater horizon which is oh yeah takes, takes place on an oil rig and is based off of a something that really happened and i mean i, I didn't like the movie too much but right. i i thought in terms of like a a depiction of like a real life disaster it was like i don't want to be on an oil rig ever out in the middle of nowhere because if something like this happens um i I would be i would be freaking the 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 hell out and i was gonna say bill do you have to pass a swimming test to uh, be in the coast guard (laughs) i can't believe you brought that shit up johnny the reason i joined the coast guard i was going to go into the army but the reason i joined the coast guard was i have a fear of water and I'm like, if I can't get over it in the Coast Guard, it's not going to happen. So I go for my initial swim test. I fail immediately. And we're in an Olympic-sized pool. We're at uh, Trace in Cape May or Training Center Cape May, uh, where, you know, Coast, uh, Coasties still train today. And um, I'm in there. My legs cramp. Up. I, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm sinking like a rock. Yeah. And, of course, the guy, oh, I'll never forget this asshole's face. If I ever see him on the street, I'm going to beat him to death. He holds out the pole, and I knew what would happen. I go to grab the pole. He's like, keep swimming. I'm like, give me the fucking pole. Keep swimming. Give me the pole. You know, like, you know, as I'm, like, choking on water. Yeah. It was really interesting because um, I went there because it was like, you're going to get kicked out of the Coast Guard. And it's like, you know, I had to go for special training. And it was great. This Olympic pool, myself, a Coast Guard trainer, he taught me how to swim in three days. And he really? taught me, and I passed the test because of him. Um, I don't swim well at all but um you know he taught me the simple rescue swim and i'm slow at it but it's great because it's like wow i I could actually save somebody too if i had to and you you know um there were guys in a you know in a coast guard they they were like freaking fish you know it's like the guys got gills i mean these guys are swimming like freaking submariner and shit and i'm like on my back and like whistling as i'm like i'm floating you know it's like i'm really bad (laughs) at it i can't tread water for shit you know but um but yeah, I have to swim well. But, you know, if you think about, you know, being in like uh, tremendous waters, like I remember once I was on a, a 41 footer. Um, we're Sandy Hook Bay, beautiful, gorgeous day, sun. <laughs> it's like out of a Hollywood movie. And then we go Oceanside. And as soon as you leave the bay and go Oceanside, the waves pick up and the temperature plummets. 
it plummets to the point where we were cold and I'm like, holy shit, it's the middle of summer. It's July. If I was in the water, I would be dead in 12 minutes from the cold because mm-hmm. cold Atlantic. So we're doing our thing and we're hitting these big ass waves. I'm the only one outside and I'm holding on to the rail like freaking like it's a Bronco by one, my left hand. We're hitting these waves and we're, we're like really like going up and bouncing. And then we hit this crest and we went down into the trough of the wave. And I, I couldn't believe it because I'm like, I'm looking straight down into the, into the water at the bottom of this. And as soon as we hit that and spray everywhere, the boat conks out. And I see the coxswain. He grabs his chest. He's the guy driving the boat. Mm-hmm. He grabs his chest and he's like, holy shit. He's like, we almost pitched and rolled, which means the stern of the of the boat almost went over the bow, which oh. means oh. – and and I remember everybody was freaking out. And the one guy was like, Price Dog, because you only call anybody by the last name. And goes, Price Dog, you would have been the only one to survive. You would have died. They said, you could have swam to the buoy. And I look at the buoy, and the buoy's like fit, like 75 feet away. I'm like, <laughs> and the waves are t- the waves were 12 feet. I'm like, fuck it, you. I would die. I would die trying to – I would be exhausted in a foot and a half. There's no way I would get to that thing. And even if I got to it and I clung to it, they'd fl- oh, who's that frozen Coast Guardsman? Oh, yeah, it must be Bill. What an idiot. You know, so it's like <laughs> – so it's, you know, it it's – so when because I know that, and when I watch anything that takes place in the ocean, of course I'm scrutinizing the uh, you know a whole bunch of factors. Like, well, no, it wouldn't last that long, or this and that. But mm-hmm. yeah. but I still get amped up because I'm like, oh man, everybody's gonna die because it's just like just awful. <laughs> it's just awful out there. Um, uh, but um, and I mean, think about what we know about the oceans. I mean, it's always those reports. We only know about five percent of what's in the ocean, and it wasn't until after like uh, over a, what uh, photography began, people were taking pictures of these dead giant squid. No one could prove they were alive. The Kraken, you know, where is it? Yeah. It was only like a few years ago they found one alive off the coast of Japan and filmed it in the wild, you know. And it was like, holy shit. Or the coelacanth they found in 1954, the prehistoric fish that they thought was extinct for a gazillion years. You know, so who knows what's down there? Who knows what exists and lives? So it's like... I. Personally, I don't want to fuck with that, you know. So when I see a horror movie <laughs> that's like boat related and it's like sinking or whatever, it just freaks me out. You know, Bill, and, the, and to that end, and to maybe to get this one out of the way since it's a big one, it you know the whole thing. And, and I was thinking about this really seriously today, and I haven't thought about this movie in a while uh, seriously hmm. <laughs> because I watched it so much when I was younger, and I haven't seen it uh, in probably like fifteen or. 25 years but jaws the original jaws number one on my Uh, list yeah and the thing with uh, roy scheider's chief brody he's afraid of the water but he goes out on this really not good boat for the (laughs) the size shark you're dealing with no and and just as someone you know because you said you're afraid of the water i'm afraid of the water too you could not get me out on a boat in the middle of the ocean because i just wouldn't allow it um i I, booked this a cruise johnny <laughs> well, well, we'll we'll get, we'll get to that too. Um, ha- haven't done a cruise, but you know, I always had that thought in the back of my head. It's like, oh, I could do that. Um, I don't know how. I don't know how sea ready I am. I might get seasick, but I just think, well, what if something? What if, what if what if it hits a hits a big sharp rock and you there's a hole ripped into the hull or whatever the 
the Titanic days are over because that's what happened to Titanic. Um, okay. It, it peeled open like a grape and nobody knew it. Uh, mm. And they pinpoint it now from looking at the metal that there were slag issues with the metal that they made. Uh, and the interesting thing is, like, I can imagine, like, the um, the first mate was at the helm that night, you know, because captain was uh, sleeping. And someone yelled, you know, too late, you know, I, you know, and and he called hard to port. And, you know, and that means like, you know, go hard left and, you know, we're going to try and steer away from hitting this thing head on. The funny thing is, if they hit it head on, they would have been okay. They would have been damaged. They would have had to limp back to New York. But, um, you know, because you want to avoid hitting it. And, uh, oh, man. Yeah, that whole Titanic thing is a friggin' nightmare on its own. You know, like people were kicking the ice around when it fell off the iceberg like a soccer ball, not knowing that the lower layers of this uh, massive ship at the time, which is small now in comparison to the other giants that we have, um, you know, was just filling with water compartment by compartment. It was being weighed down and it would ultimately break in half and, you know, like Uh. 1,200 lives lost. It's absolutely insane. And, um, oh. Yeah. Yeah, being in a boat in the cold or being in a boat on fire, that's always the worst, you know, the worst. My father was a sailor. My father was a true Navy man, two honorable discharges, you know, served in the Korean War, and you know, and he was a fireman. He was, uh, you know, um, oh my God, I forgot, uh, damage controlman uh, mm. aboard uh, an aircraft carrier. And he said, "Yeah, fire at sea was always the worst thing." You know, plane. He was there when you know, plane came down and it crashed, and you know, uh, it, it crashed and burned up on the deck. And you know, they're up there fighting the fire, and it's like, great, we got all this water, but if that fire goes out of control, then you're Jeez. in the water, and you have all these other nightmares to worry about. I mean, I was even taught how to survive uh, an oil fire, <laughs> which is not, I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to be involved with this. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not pleasant. Can you do it? Can you survive? Yeah. But I don't recall ever reading anybody who actually did survive, like having to like go up through burning water to wave their hands violently and catch a little bit of air and go underneath and swim to try and get out from under the oil burning and i'm like jesus jesus yeah so it's like again that oil rig ah fuck that you know you're not you're not paying me enough <laughs> yeah and i mean the thing the thing with me bill is uh, i uh, i never I, I went to swimming lessons for a bunch of saturdays when i was really young and I, it was a traumatizing one of many traumatizing experiences from my childhood because I always had this fear that I was just going to drown. So I would hold on to mm-hmm. a floater and just kick my legs like I was sinking the whole time um, in the in the Y pool. So Gotcha. So I was like, when I was watching the end of Jaws, I think what gets me even more than the actual shark is that Roy Scheider is like climbing to the... What, <laughs> What what is the what is that is that not the cockpit but uh, no the uh, crow's nest the crow's nest yeah he climbs all the way up to that and the boat is sinking beneath him and the shark is coming to him I'm not even thinking of the shark I'm thinking oh you're gonna hit that water and you don't like the water I don't like the water I don't think I can swim to shore <laughs> you know mm-hmm. it's just it was just more the uh, the whole thing of being swallowed up by the ocean kind of feeling that's a, that I think got to me a little more than the actual shark stuff. Um, well, I had in, trouble in, in that movie. So. No, I get it. But I had trouble swimming when I was a kid because of jaws. I would mm. even go in a lake and I'm thinking, I know sharks aren't in fresh water, but all I saw when I was going off a diving board 
was jaws open in its mouth and I was jumping right in there, you know, and I was like, <laughs> and it freaked me out and I just never swam well. And, um, oh, yeah, it's, it's like I've never really pushed myself to uh, get back into it, but uh, I just uh, I'm, I'm OK just putting my feet in the water at the shore and stuff like that. Yeah, um, the best thing about Jaws was um, was the character, not just the characters. I mean, the acting was just phenomenal and all. But oh yeah, yeah. But um, oh man, I had a thought in my head and just derailed. Um, one of the things that I liked the most was where in the, like let's say the movie John Carpenter's Halloween, you hear the music and you know Michael's coming. Well, you know he can only come from one particular area. So it's like that bore, it bored me as a kid. That's one of the reasons I don't like Halloween. It's just like, I know he's coming. Yeah, he's now, somewhere in the frame. Yeah. Right. Now, in Jaws, it's like, okay, you have the same music, but why was it scary? Because you're underwater, and that thing could come from any direction. And so that was the fear. It's like, is it behind me as you're watching the scene, you know, or, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and it's 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 brilliant because uh, it, it's just this build, you know. It's like yeah. da, 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 and then it, John Williams just intensifies it the closer it gets to a, an actual attack. But still, you raise that point, Bill. The ocean looks the same when you're looking at it through the perspective of a shark. So you know, it's mm-hmm. it's, it's like yeah. you know, where is that darn darn huge shark? Yeah, yeah, and I mean that that movie uh, that was one of the big blockbusters. And between mm-hmm. that and Star Wars alone, that you know, Hollywood was like, "Fuck making move, fuck art. We, we got to make movies for money." And you know, and that like helped create the horror show that we have today with movies, where it's like, you know, put in a, a gazillion dollars and make sure we're going to get a gazillion plus back. Yeah. But um, the only thing that ever bothered me about Jaws was um, was the ending because. And they even did it on, and I, I knew they were going to do it on MythBusters. And it's like I wish you had because I because I knew I knew it wouldn't work. You know, if he shot that canister of oxygen, it wouldn't explode. You know, okay. It, um, it, what it would do is it poke a hole in it, and that thing would launch like a friggin' rocket. So that would have ripped through the shark, which is really. And I was like, that would have been really cool. But they have the thing <laughs> explode, and it's like that would. It's like, oh, why'd you do that? You know, I get why they did it. I get why you know. And the cool thing about that movie for Jaws fans. If you watch, uh, lo- always look in the background because, you know, it's Amity, it's the summer, it's July 4th weekend party. It's not. It's cold. There's no leaves on the trees. They had to film in the fall because the beaches would have been, yeah, packed with people. Sure. So all those people, it's like, okay, everybody get in the water. Act like it's warm. It's like, you know, they they weren't warm. <laughs> you know, it wasn't warm water. <laughs> the, the one, the one, the scene where they're screaming at the fake shark attack and running out. That's, that's, that's probably closest to reality of, of the cold water. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Jeez. Pretty much. But it, but it was great. Those three, you know, the three men, the Trinity, you know, Oh yeah. yeah. Father, son, I, Holy ghost on that boat. Yep. Yeah. And I, I, I love me some Roy Scheider. I, I got it. Lo- I, I should I should just pick that movie up and add it to my collection because I'm such a coming such a huge Scheider fan in my old age. So yeah, he was always phenomenal. He was always one of my favorites. And you know, the last movie I saw him in was Naked Lunch, which is one of my favorite horror films. Uh, oh they, yeah, they, he's good. Yeah, yeah, he's fantastic in that. David Cronenberg rocked it. And if you read Naked Lunch, the book, it'll blow your friggin' mind. It's awesome. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Literally, yeah. <laughs> but. Well, yeah. So, so you said you had some movies built. Did you have any like particular themes with boats that you were looking at, or any recurring uh, kind of plots or no, characters the, or anything like that, or was it just kind of like it's a boat 
I'm going to talk about the boat. <laughs> Yeah, not, pretty, saying, not saying that's a bad it. thing because I kind of have a, I have a bunch of different ones and I'm like, oh, man, I was looking at this from all different angles. So go ahead. Well, since you mentioned The Boat, I'm going to talk about the horror movie The Boat, Oh, okay. Um, which a lot of people haven't seen. And I haven't heard of it. till now. Exactly. Oh, and it's going to be a hard one to find because it's not popular in any way, shape or form because <laughs> it's not. Oh, man, I should have brought this up sooner. There we go. Got it. All right. The boat. Um, das Boot. Director is uh, Winston as a party. Uh, he also wrote it with uh, his brother Joe, and Joe starred in it. Joe is the only actor in the film. These mm. these brothers. Uh, it was filmed in Malta. Um, you know, which if anybody knows, it's in the heart of the Mediterranean. Um, it's between like uh, North Africa and Southern Europe, and um, so these brothers make this movie. Uh, it's about a lone fisherman, and he he encounters this seemingly abandoned yacht in an eerie fog bank. And while he's trying to do the right thing, um, uh, his nightmare begins as he's alone on this boat. And it's very claustrophobic. Um, it's a small boat. And what I loved about it was like these guys. These guys know their nautical shit. They are sailors. Mm. They know what they're doing. The knots that he's tying with ease, the things that he's doing, the stuff that exists within the, this small boat itself. And you can tell it's like they filmed on the boat. And I'm like, which are ultra cramped quarters. Yeah. So I'm like, ooh. So I really enjoyed it. I gave it three and a half stars. Um, it's not for everyone. Some people might like just hate it outright. Uh, I thought they did a really, really phenomenal job. I was really impressed by, by the film. But again, you know, they're, you know he's alone on his boat and you know, <laughs> and you know and just so you know um the guy who wrote it winston he was also a production manager for world war z oh, okay. and uh produced jurassic world dominion so this is like a he's like he took his money and he went back home and he's like hey joe let's go let's make a movie um he also was a producer <laughs> on troy even i mean so oh wow um okay. so this guy knows his stuff the filming's amazing but he's alone he's isolated and it's great because it's like i know they're in the mediterranean but the Mediterranean's vast. It's like some people actually argue it's not a sea. It's actually its own ocean because of size. And, you know, he's looking around at me. He's like, I'm alone. I'm screwed. What do I do? I'm on a stupid yacht. And there's nothing around him. Nothing at all. And mm. talk about fear. And it's great because it's like even in the daylight, you know, they, they have nighttime scenes as well. But even in the daylight, looking over a vast ocean, even if everything's serene, but if you can't move, and you've got nowhere to go, and like, what are you, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, um, there's that region that they call the horse latitudes coming into South America, where the winds just die. And for sailors at the time, they called it the horse latitudes because the horses they had on ship, they had to eat to survive because all the food was gone. And so I always think of all this crazy shit, and I'm like, oh my god, you know, it's like <laughs> the sun's shining, it looks beautiful. Oh my god, he's going to die, you know. And it's like. Uh, so they really captured those elements of loneliness and um, isolation, claustrophobia. So I really enjoyed the boat very much. Abandoned, adrift, not alone. The boat. Boom! Nice. nice. 2018. Check it out. Simple. Okay, so it was pretty recent too. All right. Yeah, and pretty damn good. It was. Uh, I really enjoyed it. You know, Bill, it sounds a little... Uh, I haven't seen this one, but I've heard good things about it. Have you seen that Robert Redford movie, All is Lost, where he's... 
alone on his boat and apparently he's i don't know if he sinks but i think he's just he's going through a hell he's going through a hell of a time on his boat out in the middle of the ocean yeah no i heard a lot of great things about that um but i haven't seen it yet no um it's sort of been like "Eh," because you know i really have a creep factor with boats even though i love to go on a cruise because it's like it's so big but (laughs) and then you watch these videos of rogue waves taking people out and she's like "Eh, i don't know but um Anyway, I digress. You, you know what? Just to get just to get this one out of the way, I didn't write it down, but just to, just just for sheer embarrassment, uh, <laughs> Friday the thir- Friday the Thirteenth Part Eight, Jason Takes Manhattan, which uh, Mike <laughs> Mike Mike Mayo, who writes for a video Video Hound, he described it as uh, the first half should just be called Jason Takes a Boat Ride <laughs> because 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 he said it's cheaper to film on a cruise ship than it is to film in Times Square at night. And he's right. <laughs> yeah, man, nailed it completely, completely beautiful. Yeah. So anyway, now that that's out of the way, Bill, I got to tell you the movie that prompted me to come up with this topic. Yes. And and I don't know what you'll think of me for bringing this up, but oh. have you seen the Dark Castle film Ghost Ship? <laughs> With Gabriel Byrne. Yes, when I typed that one out, I vomited a little bit in my mouth. <laughs> that movie sucks so bad. You know what? Did you here, like it? Here, here's the thing. Oh, here we go. It's time for justification. <laughs> I give it's it a half John, star. It, it, it's it's the segment of our show we like to call Johnny on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I. I'd always heard bad things about this one too. And I watched it recently and I was like, you know what? If I look at it as like a dumb 1950s movie with special effects from the early two thousands that are actually pretty good for what they are. I got, I I dug the film because I was like, this is just, it felt like a fun sort of uh, put your brain on the shelf kind of movie. Right, right, right. I, I wasn't bored it's got people like freaking Carl Urban in it too. I know. I was like, Emily Browning, shit. yeah, yeah, from Sucker Punch. I was like, holy shit! There's there's some uh, up and coming people in this cast. Mm-hmm. So, so I was like, you know what? The film didn't bore me. It was like ninety minutes long, and it, it it's an interesting phenomenon. I'll bring it up because of this. It's one of those films where the boat itself is a character, and the yes, exactly. It, it's, it's sort of like. Uh, you know, if Hill House were a boat, it would be like the boat, well, not necessarily, but kind of like a possessed, like a possessed structure or whatever. So I kind of like that aspect of it. You know how the boat needs blood to survive. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's, cl- it's claiming. Yeah, exactly. And I was even thinking of a, a film that Ghost Ship rips off, um, a Death Ship. Oh God, Whitney. I was just going to bring that up, man. We're. George Kennedy, yeah. baby. Well, well, why, don't you, why, don't you, why don't you why don't you say something about Death Ship? Because I haven't watched it in years. I remember liking it, but oh, I haven't seen it in a while. I gave that one a half star too. And, and here you go. <laughs> Think back. I mean, it's like friggin' HBO or some shit. 81, 1981 or something. Ghost Ship mm-hmm. comes on. I'm 15. I have hair yeah. and fucking everything, you know? And I'm watching this and I'm like, what a stupid piece of shit movie. A Nazi World War II torture <laughs> vessel. It was like a death camp. On, it, was, it was like, this thing would have been like blown out of the water. They would have had this shit. It was so bad. It was just a- absolutely hideous. And of course, people are trapped on this death ship. 
after it rams a cruise ship. And <laughs> it's just uh, check again, check your brain at the door. I haven't seen it since 1980. I'd probably watch it now and oh, probably wow. like bust the gut. But back then, I'm like, this is st- stupid. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah, you, you know, I, I again, it is again with the Death Ship. It was kind of I remember it being kind of like the Ghost Ship phenomenon. I was like, ah, yeah, you know, yep. it's 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 not a smart movie by any means, but I I, I don't hate it. So. No, I mean. No, I mean, God, I have my guilty pleasures. I mean, Frogs for Snakes, everybody on Earth. I think all the actors in that movie hated it. I fucking love the thing. Right? <laughs> Dude, I love the Happy Time Murders. Everybody said that was the worst film ever made since fucking, you know, I don't know, something that uh, Ed Wood did. And I'm like, oh, I was laughing my ass off. But, oh, I remember you I remember you tweeting about that. I was like, oh, Bill, Bill never ceases to surprise. <laughs> but, but yeah, I... There, there is that phenomenon of like the the vessel as sort of its own its its own beast its own monster and and that's oh, sort yeah. of something you get with death ship death ship and uh, I almost said death shit and uh, <laughs> ghost ghost ship um, so and I kind of liked I kind of liked him for that and ghost ship doesn't uh, wear out its welcome it's like a ninety minute movie and I kind of thought I thought it was pretty efficient and kept moving along and I like. I do have a weird nostalgia for those Dark Castle films from the uh, right late late '90s, early yeah. 2000s, because I do think those were examples of like these big budget films or bigger budgeted films really putting all the money on the screen. So mm-hmm. what you're left with maybe something that's a little less than intelligent, but it's put together with the idea of just kind of having a fun time. So I think that's that's. In my uh, intellectual expert criticism, that's where I stand. So, yeah. Well, Johnny, I'm going to go with the. I'm, I'm going to go with this. I'm going to ride this wave. All right. <laughs> ride this wave. Anyway, sorry. Um, go, jo- go, Johnny Utah. Yeah. <laughs> um, where your ship plays a character, and this is one of my favorite horror films of all time. Um, I love it. I gave it a perfect five stars. Ooh. I've written about it. Um, I had an incredible, one of my former um, colleagues, because that's what they're called when you're a professor instead of a teacher at a college, <laughs> he and his wife, we would go back and forth because she was like, I don't get it. And I was explaining this movie to her. And it, I think I, I know I have the email saved somewhere because I was like, I remember looking back at them going, holy shit, where did I get this like brilliant thing coming to my head? But mm-hmm. the movie's called Triangle. From yeah. 2009, um, starring the uh, phenomenal Melissa George, Michael Dorman's in it, um, Liam Hemsworth, Hemsworth is in it as well. Um, really intriguing story. I just watched it again like a month and a half ago, and it just still blows my mind about uh, these people are at sea and their yacht weird storm out of nowhere, and then you know the survivors of this. Their boat's capsized. They're clinging to it again in the middle of nowhere. And this old cruise ship, the Aeolus, shows up. And they get on it, and things are never the same again kind of thing. It's really intricate writing. I mean, um, and uh, Christopher Smith, who directed it, he wrote it as well. I thought he did an absolutely brilliant job of it. Um, I don't know how long it took him. If he's like, oh, you know, he did Severance. He did the movie Black Death, which is brilliant. Severance is brilliant as well in its own way. Um, You know, but I like Black Death more and Triangle even more than that. Um, But, 
you know, I, to me, it looked like to, I would have to map this out. And I know somebody who did. They mapped out this movie in like, uh, <laughs> and it was insane. Uh, it has a lot of depth to it. Acting's phenomenal. The story is mind blowing. And um, it's a blast um, about what this woman, Melissa George, her character endures along with the rest of these people as they try to circumnavigate uh, this ship and what it's doing to them. Uh, it's just I had such a cool feel to it. And when the movie's over, you're like, oh, it's what I, well, you know, for a, as far as I know, from every everyone who's seen it and loved it, they're like, the ending, it's like, holy shit, you know, <laughs> and I don't know about you, that's what I want from a horror movie, I don't want to go, oh, wow, that was good, I want, like, holy shit, that's what I want, and that's what I got. Oh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think definitely, Bill, that's what she, I think you want to kind of be left to, like, slack-jawed, like, what the fuck, kind of, um, oh, you yeah. know, I think, I, to me, maybe we're masochists, but it's like, I, that's what I, I love am. about, I, I love about a movie that just kind of, like, just like knocks you upside the head kind of, and leaves you just dazed at the end. Kind of like mm-hmm. what, what the fuck, you know, I was going to ask you, Bill, how many times have you watched triangle? Oh my God. If, would, you, if you had to guess. Yeah. I would say at least at this point about two, maybe a little less than two dozen, I think since 2009 ser- when it came out. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. Okay. I just really love it. Cause it's like, again, it's like to me, the writing, you know, once you know, once you watch it like a few times, I think I watched it back to back. I'm like, I got to see this again right now, kind of thing. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. And then as I'm going in, you know, and you know, I write screenplays, and I'm very meticulous about what I can and can't do in a screenplay. And mm-hmm. I, so I was really drawn to what Christopher Smith had done, the beats in the movie, the the rhythm, the circumstances, how things intertwined and didn't intertwine, when things they were different and not. You know, and of course, I'm looking for mistakes. You know, I'm like, they, just, <laughs> course, I, yeah. they had to have missed something, you know. And it was just out of love for it, not to like, you know, rip it to shreds. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I give it a five stars, man. I just I, I just love this movie. Yeah, coming from you, man, that's pretty that's pretty amazing because I know you really, you, you hoard those five stars like a, like like survivalists hoard ammo. So, you know. <laughs> pretty much, man. <laughs> or cans of baked beans, I don't know. But, mm, um, baked beans, mm. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, Bill, that's that's good to hear because I I watched that film years ago based on your recommendation. I I, I kind of walked away a bit underwhelmed, so maybe I should oh, give it another sorry shot. Sorry to hear. No, because you're you're right. It has that great. I would I would say it's definitely a film that has like a Twilight Zone feel to it. Um, yeah, very um, Twilight. Yeah, and and I think. Uh, I think on a technical level and on a performance level, it's very well done. But I think something with the writing and the story just kind of, uh, it, 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 by the end, it just, I think it failed me for however oh. I was feeling at the time. So I'll have to check it out again. Uh, well, yeah, I hope you do. And I hope you enjoy it. Um, yeah. Once in a while, it's like when I want to, you know, when my brain's supercharged and I want to like, really like be impressed that I'll put in triangle like automatically. Oh fuck yeah, man! Solid, solid film. Yeah, that was to me was it was just really impressive. The role the ship played, what it represented, the themes in this movie beyond the layers of plot, um, the characters, and uh, it was just like holy shit! It's all well. I can't. I'd give something away if I said this is also one of my favorite X kind of movies, but I won't. Yeah, don't, don't, don't. don't. No, I'm not. I'm not doing it. Don't do it. I won't. I'll throw you overboard, John, if you keep pushing. 
Slowing ahead. Yeah, try chumming some of this shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bill, you know... No, I don't, since, Tell I, me. since I'm trying to link some themes up here with the films I picked, I'm going to do a two, Italian twofer, twofer here. Whoa. And uh, it's films that use the benevolence of people who have a boat to lead into a horrific situation and possibly death. So the first movie wow. I'm thinking of is a uh, is a uh, Fulci zombie, um, <laughs> where, you, where, you, where you have where you have newspaper reporter Ian McCullough and uh, Tisa mm-hmm. Farrow, Mia Farrow's sister. Yep. Uh, Tisa Farrow is looking for her father on the island of Matul, and the two of them just happen to come across these two Americans who are just happening to take get ready to take a tour of the islands. And it's very 1979. It's like, oh, yeah, sure. You guys pay your share of food or whatever. And and uh, and you can come with us. So I was like that. I don't I feel like that wouldn't happen today. Maybe it would. Um, oh. Or you're just kind of wondering taking an aimless trip hoping to find this island without even knowing (laughs) Mm -hmm. having coordinates or anything like that but you know of course things don't end well for uh uh, actually it's a i don't care this movie's like over 40 years old um (laughs) it it, it doesn't end well for the good samaritans who who uh, who open up their boat to these two strangers which is just kind of ironic um you know various states of death and undeath are explored um mm-hmm. and you know if you haven't seen it it's 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 a classic and readily available you know oh yeah even if you don't like italian horror chances are you might you'd probably be able to get with zombie with um, one of my fav- most favorite underwater scenes of all time ah uh, yes the shark fight that still blows my mind today <laughs> it, it really does in so many i can't it's it, i i i I have no idea what to say about that. You know, you, know, you know what I love about that scene, Bill, is the fact that it, it was the shark's trainer done up as a zombie. Exactly. And and the funny thing is, is it's like every time I watch it, it's like something you don't see in a movie. I, I mean, it's like something you don't see done like that in a movie anymore. So I'm always no. taken aback by it. But then I think to myself, that guy is moving like he's doing kung fu fighting. He's not moving like those slow ass decrepit zombies <laughs> on the island of Matul. But you don't. Think, but you don't think about the fact that he's like he's he's like doing a bullfighter dance with this shark because it's something you don't see like very often, ever, if ever. if ever. So so I was like, you know what? I forgive it that because it's so fucking cool. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I jumped off the couch. I'm like, what the fuck? How'd they film this shit? I was like. <laughs> Oh, oh, can you imagine? Okay, yeah. Can somebody get like a guy who trains sharks and uh, make believe it attacks them? Oh, yeah, sure. There's about a hundred of them to choose. What the fuck, man? That was like the first and last guy ever on earth to do that shit. That was insane. Yeah, the way it's filmed is really, really awesome, and I I'm, can only imagine how dangerous that was. So Yeah, not only that, but how did, like, Fulci even hear of it? It's like, oh, by the way, like, when somebody goes, oh, by the way, I know a guy who trained sharks, get him in the movie! You know, it's like, <laughs> Fulci must have been doing backflips. Holy yeah, and part shit. of me is like, that, that, that was probably in the script, because you have the whole thing where the shark grams the boat and kills the kills the motor or whatever yeah um, but i don't know man it could have been one of those things that's like what what just happened okay ladies and gentlemen writing in three new pages into the script <laughs> you know we'll let you know tomorrow we we got it we got a guy who's agreed mm. to 
be insane and uh, skirmish with a shark underwater. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, shit, David Lynch will do that on a turn of a dime. Why couldn't Fulci? It's like, I, I really want to know if somebody knows. And Palco might know from Palco Designs because he's a giant Fulci fan. Like, oh, yeah. how did Fulci like learn about that? Did he know it? Did he like, is that the first thing somebody told him? Hey, you know, it's weird. I know this guy is like, holy shit, I'm going to write a zombie movie and it seems going to be in it. Like, you know, <laughs> I mean, he didn't write it. You know, it was, uh, yeah, Lisa it was a... Briganti and, uh, Dardano Sacchetti, but yeah, yeah. I... No, that, 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 that'd be interesting. And you know, you bring up a good point, Bill, because, uh, the Italians were notorious for, uh, something I heard in an interview once, uh, maybe it was Giovanni Lombardo Radice, who was a, appeared in a, a bunch of those films. Mm-hmm. You know, he said something about how in America the crews are prepared, whereas uh-huh. with Italian crews, it's just like they they make all the stuff up as they go. They make a lot of stuff up as they go along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, they're opportunists. They see an opportunity, which is great. But sometimes it's like that's why I'm like, where? What does this have to do with the story? But you know, I always I always love seeing shots of New York City in, uh, in <laughs> Italian in Italian movies because all those shots were just they were stealing them. You know, there were no permits. They were just like, <laughs> well, like someone, someone was sticking a camera out a car window or just on the street for five minutes and then except for it the up. zombie shot across the Brooklyn Bridge, they couldn't they couldn't afford to pay <laughs> to have them stop traffic. So it's like. Sort of walking towards, you know, like New York proper, and it's like during, during rush hour, during yeah. ru- and it's like, oh my god! And I think, <laughs> I think they were like, it's fucking fast, last shot of the film. Let's get out of here. It's in the can. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I really respect Fulci a lot because when he was, t- you know, he, and I'll never forget this quote, and I remember this every time I write anything, anything at all, I think of Fulci's quote. He said, you know, I'm an Italian filmmaker. He said, how can I make a film in New York? I don't know how they drink their coffee. And I was like, holy shit, he's right. Because, <laughs> you know, I've traveled a little bit. You know, I've been to Portugal, France, and, you know, England. And I've seen people. And they do drink coffee differently than we do. They all eat meals differently. A person in Spain can spot an American right away because they said they do the crossover. They put, they have, they have the uh, fork in their left hand. They're cutting their steak with their right. And then they put the knife down and they grab the fork with their right hand. And they eat. He said, we know an American. And like I know someone from who's Spanish descent because they'll take their lettuce and they won't stab it or cut it up. They'll put it on their fork and they'll fold it over with their knife. Ah. So, and I'm like, you know, but these are things that I've learned over time and, and whatnot. So when Fulci was talking about such a little seemingly minuscule detail like that, I think that was really amazing because he doesn't want to be a shitty director. He doesn't want to like just say, "Yeah, well, everybody in New York suddenly going to act Italian." You know that. Right. Can you imagine it'll, it'll, it'll uh, you know, New York being like that? And yeah. um, so I always keep that in mind, and that always makes me do research intensely because you got to know, you got to get it right. Yeah, um, that's, that's that's awesome, man. Yeah. You know, there was a report from in the 1980s that uh, an American operative. Uh, uh, got into this um, uh, terrorist group cell in Europe, in England, um, and they knew he was an American and killed him right away because he got a piece of pie and he did what most Americans do. You go for the point of the pie. In Europe, they go for the back end of the pie. And they were like, you're not who you say you are. And he caught a bullet. You know, I don't know if that story is true or not. I haven't been able, you know, that was like in the 80s I I heard of it. But it's like that would work for me. You know, that makes sense, you know, so 
Uh, so I really I, admire Fulci for like, you know, keep being aware of his environment. That's cool, Bill. You know, I could imagine you, I'm going to get you a, an engraved plaque with that quote on it so you can hang it above your writing desk. Wow. I'm going to have it tattooed on my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's hardcore. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, the, the other Italian film in this, in this brief double feature is, uh, I don't think I've even talked about this one on the show, and that's like a damn shame because I love this movie. Whoa, it's okay. Anthropophagus from uh, Joe D'Amato, um, a.k.a. Aristide Massasessi. The Grim Reaper one? Yeah, that's the American, the, uh, the cut-up American version. Yeah, um, I've never seen this film. I've wanted to. I haven't been able to get my little paws on it. Yeah, Severin put it out a couple of years ago. It's ah. a nice. It's 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 a nice. Uh, you know, they do great work, so they have a nice edition of that uh, readily available. Um, well, Severin, I'll be contacting you soon to get my copy. <laughs> but you know, hey, here's another connection. Hey, Tisa Farrow is in this movie as well. <clears throat> under similar under similar circumstances, she uh, wants to visit. I guess a. a girl she babysitted for like a couple who lived on a greek who lives on a greek isle um and she just happens to fall in with some you know fun loving young people who she meets on a what are those cars bill what do they call them that go between the mountains and they look like little boxes they're on wires oh yeah those uh like the sky rail shit yeah some something like that um so they, you know, she has a run-in with these characters. She accidentally, someone bumps into her and she drops her camera and breaks it. And uh, so they apologize and they offer to make it up to her. And she's like, well, yeah, if you could take me to this island, I want to check on, you know, my friend's daughter. So they make this, take this cruise to this uh, Greek isle. And one of the people on the boat is... Um, uh, astrologist so mm -hmm. she does t she does a tarot reading and in a bit of ominous foreshadowing uh uh the girl uh pulls some bad cards uh, or actually it's, mm -hmm. it's not it's not tisa farrow it's a it's a pregnant woman on the cruise and kim mcdonald recently <laughs> watched this movie and she said why is there a pregnant woman on this, ah! <laughs> on this trip i love her man I <laughs> and, love and i said to make for a great kill later on um so, so and that, again, it's a movie where the uh, the vessel is kind of like leading leading people to their doom. Right, there's right, nothing. Right. There's nothing. The boat isn't possessed. Um, you know, it's just the the boat is kind of the uh, yeah the the instrument by which uh, people meet their grisly end. Um, so nice, man. Yeah. So anyway. Wow. Did they release that on uh, Blu-ray? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I gotta. I could I could loan you my copy whenever <gasps> I see you again. Yeah, I better see you next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we could we could probably make that happen. Yeah. Well, you know what? I have I only have one more because uh, you know, one that I, I thought of right away from it and it wasn't you know, it wasn't the lighthouse, you know, which you know had some really great acting in it, of course, you know. Um but yeah, oh, that's a great movie. That is a great movie. You know, Lovecraftian, with, you know, without the tentacles. Um, <laughs> but this one impressed me in some weird ways. I, it's not a perfect film, but it's one of the ones that I saw early on this year that I really enjoyed. And that was the Block Island Sound. Okay. Did you see it? 
Um, I've heard of it, but I haven't oh, seen it. Oh, Johnny. Okay. All right. Yeah, it was released in March, and um, something lurks off the coast of Block Island, and it's silently influencing the behavior of fishermen, and uh, it leads to you know his family coming into grave danger, and there's just something about this boat. And I heard about it because of Palco. Mm. And I remember him being really, really, really upset with the ending. <laughs> and I remember watching the ending and really, really, really liking it. <laughs> of, course, of course. Because, you know, and it was great. We had a good discussion about why, why he hated it. And I was like, this is, it works. And this is what it, you know, could mean. And, um, but it was still just that whole, uh, it stars Chris Sheffield, who's phenomenal in it. And, um, Michaela McManus and, uh, you know, several others. And it's just, it's a small film. It's a small town film. And it's just like, it doesn't make you feel good. And that's a horror movie. And, mm -hmm. you know, it just like, you have to, I, I, there was this like, one of the, it was one of those films that created an atmosphere of like, of where everything was just unsettling. And, um, and that just kept going and going and going. And, um, I thought it was really cool and really well done because these guys, you know, when they go out in their fishing boats, these are really teeny tiny boats. These aren't the big fishing vessels. Mm -hmm. These are like, like a single guy, you know, piloting the craft and his, you know, and, you know, he walks out the back of like from the steering wheel and he's in the butt of the, you know, the stern of the boat already. And it's like, you know, that's it. So really small craft. You know, uh, could be very dangerous, especially going out at night, you know, the fog, you know, the whole North Atlantic thing, which is North Atlantic waters are traditionally cold and it's just like, eh. And um, <laughs> so it just had this like, it had this feeling because it's like, I don't, I wouldn't want to be on that boat. You know, it's like it, it, the, the difference between that and a rowboat is it's got a little like a little house for you to stand in. You know, it's like yeah. that, you know, <laughs> and uh so I just really enjoyed what they did in regard to uh, establishing character and the story and uh, and making you feel oppressive, which I thought was really, really well done. It was one of my oh, favorites so far from this year. That's awesome. I'll have to check it out. I, I'm sorely behind on a 2021 I, movies and I, I me that's too. all my all my fault. I need to. Yeah, me too. I haven't even gotten to anything for Jackson from last year yet. Oh, I, 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 I like that one. Definitely. I know. I know. I heard great things from uh, Kim McDonald, you, everybody. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I know it's on DVD. I know it's on DVD and Blu-ray now, I think. Mm -hmm. So you might be able to Netflix it. Um, gotcha. Well, Bill, I will close out mine with the, with the film that I've loved since I was a little kid. It also plays into my fear of water um, but I still love the movie and its eerie atmosphere and mood. It was a staple of basic cable on Saturday afternoons and it's shockwaves. Um, <laughs> I know you love that one. I, I just, I, and that movie is, you know, thinking about that movie is all boats all the time, you know? Yeah. And it, it's, it starts off, it starts off ominously with her Brooke Adams in, you know, she's mm, obviously been set Adams. adrift in the, in a dinghy for who knows how long she's all sunburnt. And then we, then we cut to her recalling the story of how she got there. And it was on this sketchy, uh, pleasure craft captain by captain by John Carradine, um, mm -hmm. which is already a sign of ominous goings on. Yes. Um, so 
you know, before anything really happens, but the, the boat's a piece of shit. Um, and something breaks, so they wind up having to go to this nearby island where the lone occupant is uh, Peter Cushing, who's a... Uh, I, I gotta tell you, Peter... <laughs> <laughs> Only Peter Cushing could make a Nazi sympathetic, um, which, <laughs> he does, which he does in this film. You know, he, he talks about the Nazi experiments on uh, on dead soldiers to turn them into super soldiers, uh, maybe a little bit in the overlord kind of vein. Um, so, so you know, I so the people are stranded on this island. Oh, great. There's there's nothing here except this crazy ex Nazi. And now his soldiers have come back, um, <laughs> you know, and then, then it becomes just this one continual thing of the people getting on a boat. Um, they're, they're on a they get a sailboat going, but then the, the Nazis ambush them. And as Nazis are apt to do. And then and there's this whole thing where the boat gets away from them. And then there's a tiny boat that they lose. <laughs> and then, then they go back to, they go back to the abandoned dinghy at the, very end and it's like yeah i just i just love how it's like the, there's no vehicles on the island uh yeah you know it's 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 either walk or you're paddling somewhere or you're swimming somewhere <laughs> and that's kind of i kind of like that because there's just like there's there's that's your that's your conveyance of choice and there's there's no choice in the matter and i just love how wacky that movie is because it's like it's it's creepy but it's like, what's this concept of, okay, underwater Nazi zombie super soldiers? You know, what's that? Where Whoa. did that come from? And I just, I just, <laughs> I, ju I just, I just think it's fascinating because there are movies that tried to, you know, I mean, uh, Dead Snow's fun, um, you know, and you had some cheap knockoffs like Zombie Lake and Oasis of the Zombies in Europe, but uh, then Zombie Pond and Zombie Brook and uh, Nazi zombie, Brook. Zombie Fjord, Zombie Inlet. Zombie Fjord. <laughs> zombie Canal. We could go on all day. Frankenstein's Army, baby. Zombie Ocean. Yeah. Oh, man. I was thinking of uh, the Metalocalypse episode where they <laughs> premiere, their, premiere their movie Blood Ocean. Yeah. yeah. Brutal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, eating, I'm eating chips <laughs> on a boat. Oh my God! But uh, yeah, just, so I, I, that's 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 my last. That's my classic classic nice. selection for the end. Yeah. Well, oh my gosh, Johnny! Wow, wow, what a show, man! Yeah, and there, there's there's a bunch more, but uh, I'd, I, I think that's a good that's a good place to stop. All right, man. So, Ooh, Bill, before we drift further out, pineapple under the sea. <laughs> Answer it, Johnny. What? I'm sorry, I missed it. How did you miss that? I was talking over you. Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? <laughs> you don't oh, know the go answer? Get, go go get some Krabby Patties, Bill. <sighs> that's not SpongeBob, is it? Yes, it is. Sponge You're supposed yeah, to yell SpongeBob SquarePants. All the kids do. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've watched SpongeBob. You didn't even answer the question, Johnny. Well, I missed the question. I asked who lives in a pineapple under the sea? Was I supposed to add motherfucker? <laughs> anyway. I just I, want to get some... Bill, I just want to eat dinner. I want some Krabby Patties. All right. All right. Okay. Well, we'll get your Krabby Patties. 
Uh, we're going to do our, our scream outs to these wonderful souls that you can find on Twitter. Give you their names, Twitter handles, a little bit about them. Boom. Okay, first one, Larson. Who's that? Larson on Twitter is my choice is 666. Mm. And, as he, and as he has in quotes, I am the mouth of death. None are beyond my reach. Wow. Out of Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, cool as shit. Check them out. I know everybody's like <laughs> scared and running away. Uh, Rachel Glickler, who is grateful for the writing community. And she's the author of The Call, The, Cull, the Gleaning, and Aluka. Writer of dystopian thrillers and young adult fiction. Looking for my fairy god agent, aren't we all? Or a good cup of coffee. You have a better chance with that. And she's out of New Mexico. Find out more about her at rachelglickler.wixsite.com slash author. The beautiful, the wonderful, um, someone who's followed us for a long, long time. We followed her for a long, long time. Phoenix Fiery 7. Yeah. Talent acquisition, horror writer, editor, script to screen development. West New York, um, California, Texas, North Carolina, creative soul. She's nocturnal. And <laughs> where is she? In the underworld. And you can find out more about her at phoenixfiery.wordpress.com. Okasan. And who's Okasan? That is Okasan Ka- Kawai or Kawi. I'm not sure. It's O-K-A-A-S-A-N-K-A-W-A-I-I. Don't scream so loud. Licked on Dunkelheit. Aha. <laughs> Electic. Oh, my God. Eclectic. I was going to say electric at the same time. Jesus Christmas. Eclectic. <laughs> Be patient. Art. And that's it. Uh, Cody. The Cody Network on Twitter. YouTuber, filmmaker, internet sensation. Is is Cody? We don't know. You have to find out. Watch my new supernatural thriller film, The Gem Film, out now. And you could go to YouTube at the Cody Network and learn more. GR44. GR44 is known as the cinema ticket. Mm. Movie fan in love with the technological medium that has harnessed the stuff of which dreams are made. He's out of Cork, Ireland. Cool as hell. Uh, the, and you could go to the cinema ticket at wordpress.com as well to learn more. The wonderful, lively, vivacious, super amazing Sudi. And that is Sudi, S-O-O-T-Y, Grunter79. I'm Aussie. <laughs> Sudi, fucking beautiful. Uh, horror, the, um, she's in the horror, the artist side. Oh, my gosh, stuff's missing. Oh. Oh. Uh, Ah, the artist side to my, let's say my life is Captain, <laughs> is Captain Blood of Kirby. And mm-hmm. well, this is for, uh, this fits perfectly because she says I'm random as fuck. And yeah. she is, and she's cool as hell. Jeremy Blitz, produced screenwriter, former project manager, wine appreciator, Anarcho Burkean, incredibly wrong person, apparently. <laughs> um, Jin, and of course that's D-J-I-N-N. And that is Nightingale, another long-time follower who love and respect. Keen on the gothic and sci-fi, non-binary, autistic, ace, Virgo, LGBTIA+, book blogger, especially indie. And you could go to LGBTQIA, historicalromance.tumblr.com to learn more. And finally, because this person is back... After a three-year hiatus from social media, Kent underscore Harper. Oh, wow. Yes. Award-winning actor, writer, filmmaker. And you could go to his acting reel on YouTube. 
check him out. He's phenomenal. Go to YouTube. Uh, go to IMDb as well. Check out Kent Harper. His website is filmstarpictures.net. He's out of LA. Phenomenal. Great human being. Great actor. Gritty. Cool. And just a wonderful soul. And uh, glad to see him back on social media. You know, Bill, I thought he'd been quiet for a while. I was wondering yeah. what was up with him. So I'm glad to see he's back. Surveillance is a freaking great movie. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, he wrote it. And uh, he's been in, um, I know he's working on a couple of other films. And I can honestly say that sucks up your life. So oh, yeah, yeah. I totally yeah. get it. Mm-hmm. That's it, man. Scream outs uh, are out. Uh, okay. Uh, you can find me... Uh, adrift on the high seas, maybe clinging to a buoy, um, freezing to death. Um, but you can also find me on Twitter and letterboxd at Johnny numb. There are no H's in those Johnny's. And you can also find my writing at crash palace because Billy's a sweetheart. Mm. And you can also find me at the screening run by the wonderful Suze Layton. Mm-hmm. Love that woman. I, um, I really, I really need to write something for her. It's been a while, so. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I finally wrote something. Um, the uh, me, well, you'll find me yeah, either on the on the beach or submerged at Crash Palace on Twitter, or also on Twitter as uh, Noir Kink for my um, Noir Kink series. And go to Palace. Oh my gosh, Crash Palace! <laughs> I haven't. I need coffee, man. CrashPalaceProductions.com for links to this show and more. Uh, work from Johnny, from Suze Layton, and um, from other great people. Um, Kim McDonald, who we mentioned as well. D. Yep. All those great souls. And um, we're also on Spotify. Whatever iTunes has transformed to now with Apple Music and about 30 other places. I don't even I don't even know what they are. So. I think it's transformed into the Norris creature from the thing, actually. <laughs> That would be cool as shit. It looks a little like that, yeah. <laughs> you know, Palco gave Palco gave me great advice. I he, I said I couldn't find anything to watch for like weeks on end. So well, what do you watch? And I said I watch the thing every other night. He's like, you got to stop doing that. <laughs> and and I have I've probably watched it more than any other film ever in my life, and I love it to death. And he's like, it could. And I know it's like listening to a song over and over again. After a while, it's like ah, I'm not gonna. So I stopped. I watched yeah. it like every other night for like. I watched it like four times in like a week and a half. So it's like Holy shit, man. Well, you know, Bill, I'd say if you're not getting tired of it at this point, considering how many times you've watched the thing and how many times you've watched Alien and even how many times you've watched Triangle, you're probably you're probably good. <laughs> you're, you're probably not going to get tired of it. No, I got to put in Frogs for Snakes again since I'm the only one who watches it. Oh, I gotta write. I gotta write that down. If you could find it on DVD, I have the DVD, but it's damaged, and I can't. I haven't been able to get a replacement. I'll, 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 I'll take a look. Thanks. All right, let me know if you find it, cause I'll, I want to buy a new copy. Okay, yeah, I'll keep you posted. You're the man. All right, no, you're the man, Bill. You're the semen. Oh well, <laughs> I, I'm not a semen professionally, but I play one in the bedroom. So. Boom boom. Yeah. All right, Johnny, on that note, our, our, uh, we're anchored and we got to get off the ship. Okay, I'm too wet. So, yeah, let's go. <laughs> oh, baby, I bet you are. <laughs> All, right. All right. Bye. See ya. Ahoy. <laughs>